0: Hello guys and welcome to Odds on FA Cup round 3 and also we have Carabao Cup semi-finals. Uh, We never rest and of course we have Tom Rennie with us. Happy New Year Tom.
1: I thought you were going to say Odds on Premier League. I feel like you were so close to saying it. it. I could feel the pee coming out of your mouth there. Family show.
0: (laughs) Indeed, guys, remember to ask any question to Tom as well. And don't forget to press the like and subscribe to our channel. So now let's go on with the show. We take a rest about Premier League, but not uh, British football, of course. We have plenty of cup games because, Tom, let's start with that. Uh, We have the semifinals of the Carabao Cup. League Cup is two legs. There was a lot of controversy because Because of these two legs. uh, The teams wanted to play only one game because of all the cases of COVID. But here we are. We have the games on Wednesday and on Thursday. And luckily for us are good games at least. Uh, so let's start with the game on Wednesday Chelsea Tottenham Conte coming back to Stamford Bridge Chelsea with no Lukaku as we all know Spurs in a very good fashion in really improved in the last days and of course Chelsea arrive as big favorites to this game but probably they are not as big favorites anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting on the Carabao Cup. Even Jurgen Klopp, who is uh, taking his Liverpool team to Arsenal the following day, said he'd rather just do one game at Emirates Stadium than do two legs. No one wants two legs, bar the sponsors Carabao and the organisers, the EFL, because they can make money out of the big teams playing in the semifinals. And, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But it's not a competition that is respected by many of these clubs in it because of the organisation of it. And there shouldn't be a two-legged semifinal when you've got, I think, a better tournament to a degree than the FA Cup before this point because they play the game. When they get to 90 minutes, they do penalties and there's a winner. It's so much better than replays, which I know are gone this year, but they're coming back for some stupid reason in the FA Cup. So much better than everything else. Play the game, 90 minutes, get a winner on penalties, we move on. Instead, we get this with the semi-finals. But hey-ho. Um, it's interesting you should mention Akaku there because they had their meeting, didn't they? Uh, Tuku and Lukaku. There's every chance Lukaku might be playing in this game. Uh, the air is cleared, as it were, between the two. And if he does play in this game, Lukaku, you've got to question why he wasn't able to play on Sunday when he could have maybe come on for the last 10 minutes and save Chelsea's Premier League season. So I hope he doesn't play. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense he didn't play on Sunday. They couldn't have had a conversation on Saturday. The interview came out on Thursday. So it doesn't make a great deal of sense. To be honest, I think Lukaku clearly was a, a Chelsea signing, not a Tuchel signing. And I went to the game on Sunday and I thought the front three of Pulisic, Havertz and Mount looked a lot better than any trio, including Lukaku, that I've seen for Chelsea this season. I think that might be more what Thomas Tuchel was driving at with Chelsea. So Lukaku questions up in the air. I don't think he'll start, but he probably should. Uh, no uh, Mendy, who's gone off to play in the Africa Cup of Nations. And so Kepa Aretha Balaga will start in this game. They'll have a run in the team as well, which is interesting uh, for Chelsea, I think, because it adds an element of chaos to Chelsea's defending. And speaking of, of defending, Tiago signed a new contract, but he's at an age now where he can't play two games in a week. So Tiago, I don't think, will play in this game. And that brings... A lack of stability to this defence because who else is going to play there? Chalab has got an injury. Christensen has an injury. So, Aspid Equator and Rudiger and another will be in the back three. So, issues defensively for Chelsea going into this game. And I expect heavy rotation from the game at the weekend as well. For Tottenham, I don't think they have played well under Antonio Conte. I think they were very poor in a game I watched against Southampton, where Southampton had 10 men for all the second half and some of the first. Didn't look particularly creative. They struggled and laboured against a pretty rubbish Watford. I I thought Tottenham would win, so I won my bet last week, but I thought they'd win 2 or 3 nil. They did just scrape it, but they played so poorly, Tottenham. Um, Can't get Harry Kane in behind at the moment. They're struggling to find a role for Hongmin Son in this team. Lots of issues currently for the manager to work out. And he keeps saying publicly, my players are rubbish. You know, he keeps saying, I need new players. They promised me new players. Where's me new players? If he doesn't have new players by January 31st, I I imagine that he won't be there a great deal longer, Antonio Conte, because that's what he's been promised. Um, In this game, almost impossible to predict. So hard the Carabao Cup, as is the FA Cup, because there will be so many changes. I'd be looking at draw in the first leg. I'd be looking at both teams to score in the first leg. Look at Chelsea's recent home record. I think it's one win in seven home games with a smattering of losses and draws in there. So I think that it will be a draw. Both teams score 1-1 most likely.
0: Yeah, I was going to tell you actually that these games are very hard to predict and we should wait uh, to see the lineups because perhaps we see many changes. uh, And this Chelsea Tottenham is so interesting. Also on Thursday, Arsenal-Liverpool, especially because I think we all really enjoyed the performance of Arsenal against Man City. This close to get points, probably with uh, another referee they could have uh, gotten Some points and uh, we should see, I guess, a good show against Liverpool because uh, these two teams are quite entertaining lately.
1: Yes, I mean, starting with Arsenal, I thought they were fantastic against Manchester City, but the trouble Mm -hmm. is you you can play really well. They they played like a a good mid-table team against the top team. You know, I've seen that performance so many times over the years, which is play your best game of the year, everything works out, but then you get all too emotional because you're about to beat someone good it all falls apart. You know, Xhaka was a clear penalty. Gabriel was a clear red card. The only thing I think the officials got wrong is that Erdegaard should have got a penalty in the, in the first half, but that's debatable. Apart from that, the referee's actually got everything right in the game. The issue is Man City get away with those Guardiola fouls all the time, and it's very, very annoying when you're not supporting the Guardiola team. But, you know, get used to it. Everyone's used to it by now. For some reason, they won't ever get booked for it. and Maybe everyone else should start doing it, which they have just not to the degree that Man City do. Um, no, Yang still, he's already gone off to Africa, as has Thomas Partey now. I thought i would put his best game in against Man City for Arsenal at the weekend. Elneny's gone, who's kind of Partey's replacement. Pepe's gone too, but who knew he was still playing for Arsenal. So um, I think there's still a strong Arsenal team there. There's still a strong Arsenal team, a strong Arsenal eleven, And I would expect them to still start with the likes of Lacazette. Maybe Smith-Rowe comes in for Erdogan, but... I would still expect someone like Granit Xhaka to, to play. I would still expect Bakayo Sakurai fit, to play. A strong eleven, Arsenal to be on the front foot. Sense the chance to beat Liverpool here. And I think Arsenal will be the aggressor in this team. For Liverpool, here's the absentee list. You know, get ready for this. Uh, Nathaniel <laughs> Phillips, Takumi Minamino, um, Thiago, Alisson, Firmino, Matip, Salah, Mane, Kater Origi, Elliott. One or two other doubts in there as well. But those are the ones that we are told this morning are missing. That's the Whoa. team. That, that That's the team missing, right? And no Salah and Mane. It's huge. It's huge for Liverpool. You know, they're, they're an anomaly in the big clubs. They don't rotate. Here's the team. We play the team. And the team plays every competition, every game, until they can't play no more. So I quite fancy Arsenal here. On the sheer list of absentees that Liverpool have got, Arsenal playing well. They'll play their strongest team. I fancy Arsenal to win the first leg. And I actually think Arsenal will keep a clean sheet as well. I know. Arsenal to win without conceding, maybe by two goals or more. Wow, you trust Arsenal. Okay, so
0: from these very good games that we have uh, of the Carabao Cup, we are going to jump into the FA Cup. We have the third round uh, in the weekend. And uh, we are, we pick the best uh, 10 games or at least the ones with higher odds or that I think there could be a surprise. And for instance, you tell me, but the first one we have is Burnley-Huddersfield Town. And here we have a team from the Premier League that is struggling. Probably they won't take uh, EFICA very seriously with a team that is doing great. Huddersfield Town in the Championship 6th, championship uh, so... This one is one of the games that I think perhaps Tom thinks that there may be a surprise.
1: Yes, good pick, this one. Really good pick for an upset if you are looking for something in the FA Cup this weekend. Burnley, um, questions about whether these players still want to play for Sean Dyche, which we've not had for many, many years. Uh, dispiriting performance from Burnley at the weekend. Without Max Corney, there's no goal threat. They were trying to play the ball out from the back at the weekend, but did it just incredibly badly. They look a little bit like they're they're looking for identity, Burnley, which they haven't for for many, many years. And I wonder if that's coming from the coach or from the players who are frustrated with the lump it in behind football that suddenly stopped working. For Huddersfield, I've not seen a great deal of them this season, but I have watched a few highlights for the last few days and spoke to a friend of mine who supports the club. And they're very positive, very positive this season. This could be a promotion season. Sixth now following a draw against Blackburn a couple of days ago. Um, and that's not easy right now. Blackburn are probably the best team in the championship right now. And Huddersfield were able to, to hold them. Um, Carlos Corbettan plays better football than the David Wagner, Jan Sievert version that many of us will remember. They're a three, four, three side. And I think they're a side that can go to Burnley that can pass the ball, that can hold the ball and can create. So if you are looking for an upset this weekend, I would go for this one. I would take Huddersfield at six to one. They're around 6-1 to one right now just to win. Take them just to win. Don't be fancy. Don't be interesting. Don't double it. Don't do anything. 6-1 to one is very, very decent. I see this more as a, I'd look at threes for Huddersfield. That's is double what I would expect for Huddersfield. The way they're playing, the way Burnley are playing. There's only like nine places between them. Bottom half of the Premier League, top of the Championship. There's not a great gap between the clubs or the leagues in those positions. I'd take Huddersfield here.
0: All right. Uh, and then we have Premier League teams playing away with good odds, uh, like our next game. We have Millwall-Crystal Palace. This is a derby, both teams from London. And here, if we back Crystal Palace, we have odds 2.2. And uh, we know that we are liking actually Crystal Palace this season in the Premier League. So do you fancy also these odds? And is this really uh, is a big rivalry actually between these two teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're both sad London clubs, but a lot of teams in Millwall have big rivalries. The trouble is no one ever plays them because Millwall never come up. Millwall never do anything. They're kind of a bit of an irrelevance in football terms and have been since the 1980s. And even then, they were only famous for fighting. You know, they're not a club that you want to play. It's not an area you particularly want to go to. And it's a shame because, um, you know, you would have hoped that they might have shaken off that reputation right now. But even in recent times, when they've got to big games at Wembley Stadium, what's happened? They're more remembered for fighting in the crowd than they are for what they've done on the field. Um, Gary Rowett's in charge now, and he's had a bit of an up-and-down career, Gary Rowett. He's had some big opportunities that they haven't quite worked out, but he's a fighting manager. He's a manager who likes to get his team stuck in on the field. They like to battle for every point, and that's why Millwall, with their relatively small budget, a mid-table in the championship, nowhere near relegation, around 11th. Um, I didn't see after the weekend's result, but I think they'll be an 11th still. So they're a good team. The trouble is covid COVID has hit them massively. game a couple of weeks ago, uh, they had 14 fit players, which is like the line. And they had a 15-year-old called Zach Lovelace. I remember it because the name is so tremendous. Um, he was in the, the squad to play Coventry. or a good team in the championship. So they're almost out of players. And with COVID and injuries and a sniff of the playoffs as well, Millwall do not care about this. They don't give a damn about the, the, the FA Cup this year. They just won't. And for for Palace, I went to the West Ham at the game at the weekend, and I still don't know how they didn't win it, let alone draw it. They created so many chances. And the good thing about, about Palace is that they can rotate here. You know, Gallagher may well be back. Zaha could come back in. We, we weren't sure why he didn't play against West Ham. The suspension was over, but he didn't come back in. So, you know, something we don't know there. Jean-Philippe Mateta will be pushing for a start. Michael Elise pushing for a start. I think Palace win here. Palace go strong here. Palace win big here. Could be a good Asian handicap as well uh you know at two to one it's not really worth your time to go on just palace to win so look at plus 2.5 uh for crystal palace look for them to win big and double it up with the least as well i think it's fantastic to have an impact in this game to assist to score to do both
0: all right also quality is going for a straight crystal palace win and we have uh, three whole premier league ties in this round one of these is the current champions? We have Leicester, Watford with Ranieri coming back to the King Power Stadium. Although I guess Watford have to take an eye on the Premier League where they are in terrible form. Six consecutive defeats. And Leicester, the good news also for them, Tom, is that they come to this game rested and probably they will have many players back
1: finally. Um, Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's so hard this as we record this because Leicester... The issues are massive, right? So here are some of the players who are either doubts or out. Ricardo Pereira is out. Fafana is out. Vardy is out for this one. They won't bring him back. Evans is out. Soyuncu is out. Patson and Dacre is out. Madison Barnes, Bertrand might come back in for this game and James Justin out for the season. So still a lot of players doubtful, even the ones that might return. Um, so it's almost impossible for me right now to tell you what Leicester are going to do because with a much broken up team they still beat liverpool <laughs> so i don't know i don't know <laughs> what to tell you about leicester in truth um for watford i can tell you absentee list is huge but you add the injuries now to africa cup of nations imran loser been quite decent in midfield he's gone messina been starting at left back he's gone uh Trouche de kong he's gone but maybe not the worst thing he's terrible um they have managed to keep emmanuel dennis controversially That could make a big difference for for Watford. But I just wonder whether they'd play him here because in the league, he is so crucial. However, who else they got? The Cowboys bear, the injury list is massive and and, uh, the players off to to AFCON, massive as well. In truth, my advice is avoid this game like the plague. That's my advice (laughs) because there's so many players missing and so many variables. If you pick a winner, go for Leicester because Watford's first team are poor let alone their third team. But in truth, avoid. Then we have uh, West
0: Brom, Brighton. We have West Brom. They are fourth in the Champions League, but they've had a bad Christmas period. And Brighton, they had a very good one. They are ninth right now in the Premier League after beating Everton or drawing with uh, Chelsea and also beating Brentford. Here also we have uh, nice odds for the Premier League team, although this one might be riskier or not?
1: Yeah, I think it is risky, actually. Um, West Brom, as you say, fantastic this season. Fourth at the moment under Valo and Ismail after a pretty rough start. But the, but Christmas has been difficult. They were poor against Cardiff. You know, Cardiff are, under Neil Harris, a very physical, up-and-under sort of team, and West Brom struggled with it. They struggled to deal with that on the day, I thought, well, from, the, from the highlights I watched, the reviews that I read this morning. They didn't play particularly well. They've been rough as well in a game I watched recently against Derby. Uh, where they made some late mistakes to give Derby victory over over West Brom. So having a little wobble, and promotion is all that matters, I don't know whether Daryl DK can play. I hope he can. I thought Daryl DK was fantastic last year for for Barnsley. He's the American international just signed from Orlando. Um, Been linked with the, the, the Premier League and the Championship for a little while. If he can play, he's the kind of player that can give the entire club a boost. A massive, massive boost. So hopefully the international clearance comes through. It should buy this game. And that could be really, really interesting for for West Brom in this match. They're a good football team. They create chances. They need a lift. And I think they may well go strong because when you're in bad form, another loss, another loss, another loss, it builds up. Go strong, beat Brighton, lifts everyone. DK scores the winner, lifts everyone. So I wonder if that might be the rationale here. For Brighton, brilliant team. I I mean, I love Brighton. I always tell you this. They're a brilliant team, but I always think they're going to find a way to draw. And I'm surprised they didn't find a way to draw at the weekend. They they tried their best to give Everton, rubbish Everton, a point in that game. Went on to win it. And the good news is now as well, the injuries are clearing up. So Dunk's still missing, but Duffy is back. Webster is back. Uh, Veltman is back. Lamptey's fit and playing well. So lots of good stuff. That the, the issue is that they've lost Eve Basuma. So hopefully Mwepu, who they've been training up all year to replace Basuma. Uh, he's going to be able to come in. Look, I'd go draw here, to be honest, because I do it every time for Brighton, because it makes good money. Draw after 90, Brighton win after extra time, no replace in, in the third round this year. That would be my tip for it. Shade for Brighton, but at full time, go draw.
0: You mentioned Everton, so let's talk about Everton, who are playing against uh, Hull City. And uh, you can see the odds here. Tom, uh, we have good odds for Everton to win even against Hull City, which is uh, one of the worst teams the, this season in the Premiership Yeah. Championship.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, look, I think that, that Hull City, they've got one of the lowest budgets in the championship. The continual talk about the takeovers of the club, which have been going on for years. There was some talk of the, the Turkish Simon Cowell. It uh, was, the, was the story I read a few days ago about for whatever that means. I don't know what that means, but that's what they're calling him. I'm sure he's some sort of entertainment entrepreneur. This won't go through like all the other takeovers didn't go through the Hull City, who are a fighting team. Grant McCann's a good manager. Been around for a long time now, Grant McCann. Um, was at West Ham as a young player. Scored an incredible own goal in his career for West Ham in a smashing loss at Blackburn, if memory serves. He tried to clear off the line. Knocked it in his own net. Worth a YouTube this afternoon. Um but they're a team that fight for every single point. They may well go down this year, but they will continue to fight. They've got a weak squad. You know, that maybe their best player is George Honeyman, once of Sunderland, 26-27 now. Creative player, where's the number 10? Plays like a number 10, but Lewis Potter, you know, as a centre-forward, not particularly impressive. There aren't players that score enough goals to keep them up. They will work hard against Everton in this game. They really, really will. Everton can be accused of not working hard. Um, in this season under Rafa Benitez. In fact, we're quite directly accused of that in his post-match press conference following the Brighton loss a couple of days ago. I expect Calvert-Lewin to start to get match fitness. I expect that to be the difference, even with their issues. I think Everton will have too much class for Hull City. Low scoring, nervy, Everton win.
0: Mm, Finally, Everton to win. Armin, uh, Everton is the favourite. We were a bit uh, messed up with the odds. You can See them now. Everton to win is around 2.0. Also, we have uh, odds around 2.2 in this case for the Premier League team. In this case, Southampton playing in Wales against Swansea. Here is uh, a bit uh, different because Southampton, they are in good form. Only one defeat in the last six games. Their last game was the 28th of December. So I guess they are rested. And also Swansea is uh, struggling in the championship. So perhaps it is worth it's worthy, you no, to back Southampton here.
1: Yeah, I would back Southampton, mainly because I've seen them recently and I'm so impressed by them. They are in good form, as you say. And for Swansea, they've not played a game since the 11th of December because there's been so many issues with COVID with them and their opponents. The last game was the 4-1 loss against Nottingham Forest, um, mm-hmm. which was the, 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 the previous manager derby, right? So, you know, I think that it's, it's so hard to tell you what the situation is with Swansea right now. I think that they are uh, a good football team under Russell Martin. They're a team that are trying, as all the managers have done at Swansea, to play football. They're not a, uh, a hoof it and hope it sort of team, but they've been not playing for so long. They've basically had COVID followed by pre season. So an unknown quantity at this moment in time. They've still got good defenders uh, from their good season last season, people like Cabanga, who were fantastic as they ran towards the playoffs. And so they can defend, they can attack. They are a good team, but as you mentioned, they've underwhelmed at points this season. But the the amount of time they've had off makes them tough to predict. For Southampton, lots of heavy rotation: um, Broyer's in, Broyer's out; Armstrong's in, Armstrong's out. They're making five or six changes per game, which has served them well. They don't really have any outstanding players, Southampton, bar maybe James Ward-Prowse and and Broyer, but they don't um, they don't have players who will come in and they have to play. And so when they make five, six changes, you don't really notice it. They'll make five, six changes. I think they'll play Swansea off the park and they'll win comfortably. Southampton to win. Southampton to win um, by scoring at least two goals in this game. Um, I think Saints will, will win impressively here.
0: Then we have another whole Premier League tie and here we have West Ham Leeds. I was shocked by the stats of Leeds in the FA Cup because they lost their last five FA Cup games and it won't be easy again playing against West Ham. Perhaps also these two teams don't take the competition very seriously, Tom, because West Ham, they've been involved in every single competition around the world. So Mm. they will be tired. And uh, Leeds, they have to find salvation. They have to focus in the Premier League.
1: I think that for West Ham, they will take this serious, actually. I think West Ham want to win the FA Cup this year because of, of how good this team currently is and how fleeting that might be. And David Moyes is a man who just wants to win a trophy. You know, he's he's got a great vindication to his career now from, from what he's done at West Ham. He's gone from laughing stock to well-respected uh, again at West Ham. And I think winning the FA Cup, winning the Europa League, battling for the top four, or top six, tremendous for him. So he doesn't want to go out in the third round here to Leeds United. Plus, I don't think there's a great deal of rotation he can make considering the defence is out. He won't risk any of those players who may well come back, the likes of Zuma or Cresswell. And I wonder if they might have brought a couple of players in uh, by the weekend, too, to rest someone like Miko Antonio. Plus, I think it's eight days between the Crystal Palace game and this game. That's about as long as West Ham have been all season without a game. So I think West Ham will go pretty strong uh, for Leeds United. I don't know how strong they can be because, again, I mean, it's a joke this season for Leeds. Cooper, Phillips, Bamford, Lorente, Roberts, Rodrigo, Strauch, Gresswell. Every week, every week, multiple, multiple injuries massive win for them emotional winners you saw with the yeah. the hugs of bielsa at full time a couple of days ago in the premier league um i think that west ham will win i think west ham will go strong i think west ham want to win the fa cup this year and i think leeds united have got more on the line in terms of staying in the premier league than west ham yeah. battling for the top six plus west ham have norwich to come and then leeds again to come in the league a few days later so go West Ham here, even though they're without Ben Ram of the Africa Cup of Nations, I think that Vlasic will come in and have a good impact over the next month. West Ham win, West Ham win without conceding, double it up with Mikko Antonio to score, you'll get a good price.
0: This is interesting to watch, uh, not the following one, but perhaps you can tell us uh, some good tip. Uh, Wolverhampton, Sheffield United, we don't like to watch... Wolves' uh, games, but the reality is that they are getting points in their last uh, games. Of course, we saw them beating Man United on uh, Monday, last eight games, under two goals. These stats is crazy for Wolverhampton. Mm. Sheffield, they are 13th in the championship. Another team that is not playing a lot of games lately. Only one game played in the last month.
1: Uh, yeah, for Wolves... Uh... They aren't great to watch if you're a neutral, but they're brilliant to watch if you're a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan because they're so solid and so impressive and so well-organised. And in fact, I actually thought the Man United game was the most entertaining they've been all season. That was their best performance of the season against maybe their weakest opponent of the season. But um, they're they're very strong defensively. They lost Roman Saiz to AFCON. That's a big blow uh, for them. And Willie bolly has been out most of the season. It would have kind of come in for him. So it's interesting to see what... Bruno Large is going to do there. I think there might be a couple of players short covering the loss of Sae, who I think is brilliant in that back line with, with Kilman and Cody. Um, they won't concede a goal, though. Even with that, I don't see them conceding a goal. I don't see how Sheffield United are going to score a goal against Wolverhampton Wanderers. I don't see how anyone is scoring a goal against them right now. I, I mentioned it a few times, I think Joe Cesar in goal was one of the signings of the summer. Brilliant goalkeeper. Great replacement for Rory Patricio in goal. A step up for him. Uh, as as the Wolves goalkeeper. So Wolves will go strong here. And why wouldn't they? You know, in the top eight, playing good football for them, you know, in terms of what they want to deliver. They don't concede goals, don't create a lot. But for Sheffield United, they haven't played, as you say, for a while. I think December 20th was their last game. The brilliant win against Fulham that no one saw coming. A lot of the team from last year is still the same. They're still looking for Billy Sharp to score goals. Um, They're still looking for the likes of, of Ollie Norwood in midfield to run games. The defense is about the same. Basham and Egan are still in it. So not a great deal of change under Paul Heckingbottom, who's now in permanent charge, having been in temporary charge for a while um, from the Chris Wilder team we used to know and love. I think that they're not going to be that interested in this. It's staying in the championship that's vital for them. I think they will probably play out a pretty stoic and dull draw here for long spells of it. Either go Wolves in extra time, Wolves on penalties, or Wolves to win by one goal to nil. Low, low scoring Wolves win. As
0: usual, and uh, we keep the rule bet against uh, Sheffield United or bet against uh, Norwich, no matter whenever you see these videos. By the way, Norwich, they are playing against Charlton. Charlton to win 4.9. Eh, right now, yeah, do so
1: it. Do we it. Have,
0: we have good odds uh, to bet against uh, Norwich. Then we have Arsenal playing against Nottingham Forest. For the Gunners, we have odds 1.9, and uh, Nottingham Forest, they lost their last uh, two games, and we analysed them before, so perhaps they also take very seriously their, this FA Cup, also Arteta probably, he won, uh, he wants a title.
1: Yeah, I mean, we did ask them earlier on for the Carabao Cup, but it is worth mentioning that they want to win the FA Cup as well, I, I think they'll go strong in this game, as they will have done for the, the Carabao Cup. Uh, in midweek as well. Maybe a couple of slight rotations, the likes of Eddie and Ketia. If main, if, if uh, Ainsley, make the Niles not been sold, people like him uh, will come in for this game. Some of the senior players can have a bit of a rest. Um, if Erdogan played in midweek, it'll be Smith-Rowe, vice versa. But I still think Arsenal will be too strong for Forrest. Why? Well, look, Forrest were terrible under their previous manager, Chris Hutton. Steve Cooper came in and they lost once in 15. Incredible run they went on. A great turnaround. You know, Chris Hutton's a good manager, but Steve Cooper, maybe a bit more progressive, maybe better suited to some of these more attacking, offensive players. He's got a great tune out of Lewis Graben recently, who is like one of those elite-level championship players who'll never cut it in the Premier League. So I think Forrest will give this a real good go. Nothing to lose for Nottingham Forest. They're a good team. But the trouble is if you play open, offensive, attacking, football against Arsenal you tend to get beaten because they'll play like that and they'll do it better, even with their second string. So I do think an entertaining game here. I think both yeah. teams will score. I think Forrest will score, but I think Arsenal will win. Most common scoreline in football, 2-1. That's what I'm looking at. But both teams score over 2.5 goals in the match uh, and Arsenal will throw.
0: Entertaining this one for you and is not entertaining the games of uh, Man United. This is our last game. Man United-Aston Villa. They are playing on Monday, two teams that uh, is difficult to back them right now because you were completely right about uh, Steven Gerrard's uh, hype. is over. Aston Villa is again losing games as they lost against Brentford and Man United. Again, Tom... You are always right. Always right. This Man United with Ravnik is no way better than it was before. We saw scare.
1: Yeah. Look, it might get better for Manchester United. The trouble is that Ralph Rangnick is a kind of project manager, if you like, and he's got five months left. And this team would need maybe a year, two years, to, to get up to speed with what he wants, change players. What he wants to do doesn't suit the players he's got. So he's either got to change the system or change the players. But it's very tough to change the players at Manchester United because their wages are enormous and nobody else will pay the likes of Anthony Martial and Fred the money that Manchester United pay them. So you've got all sorts of problems there. They were dreadful against Wolves for long, long spells. But Ray Nick will stick to it because he's a stubborn manager. He's the kind of manager that athletic writers and, and Guardian writers who follow European football greatly think is fantastic. But I've seen his team, and I think they're very, very poor. And I think a lot of that at the moment is down to him. And the fact is, why would Ronaldo listen to Ralph Rangnick? He's going in six months. What's the point? And I think that's what you're seeing. Not just with um, with Ronaldo, but you heard it in the comments of Luke Shaw. He sees it. We all see it. Big job for Ralph Rangnick right now. For Aston Villa, look, I think Steven Gerrard's a good manager. The trouble is, it was a real new manager bounce for him. And of course it was. It's Steven Gerrard. One of the great players of recent history in his first Premier League job. Everyone suddenly started working harder, running harder. It was a classic new manager bounce. We're past that now. And now it's a case of what have you got? What have you got, Stephen Gerrard? I think he's got a lot. I think he'll do well. And I think this game has got upset written all over it, to be honest. I think it's got upset written all over it. Look, they're missing a few players, Villa. There's a chance that, that Ollie Watkins is missing. Uh, they've lost the likes of Bertrand Traore to AFCON. Um, Douglas Lewis is, is playing, but without John McGinn. I'm not sure he's the same Call-out to your player. McGinn, I think, suspended still for this one after his yellow card. So, look, I think that Villa will outwork Manchester United. I think Villa will outwork Manchester United, who still won't have their first-choice defence. There's no bye. There's no Maguire. There's no Lindelof. And so it's going to be Phil Jones and Varane, who didn't look comfortable against Wolves the other day. And it's, what, 6-1, to 7-1 to one for Villa to win? I mean, that's very good. That is very, very good. I'm not even going to be very creative here. That's worth your time because Man United are poor. Man United are weak. And if they have a turnaround performance, and at some point they will, you know, you don't lose a great deal. But at the moment, from what we saw against Wolves, so much has to turn around in a week. And if motivation was the issue, why would these players be motivated in the FA Cup if they can't get motivated for the Premier League? And I haven't got the answer to that. And without that, I'd fancy Villa, at those odds, that's worth £5 of anyone's money. Villa to win.
0: You convinced me, Tom, then, to put uh, some of our money in Aston Villa to win at Old Trafford. Wow, this is it. Uh, 12 cup games. Analyze, you know everything about English football, no matter the division. This time was only championship, but there will be League One, League Two teams or whatever. And I'm sure you know everything about it. And I'm not sure, Tom, but do we have an acca for this weekend?
1: Yeah, I have a little acca for you. Um, but the trouble is that, I've got you know, it's an acca, so you go favourites, right? So I picked a few out for you that I think we'll see guaranteed wins. Crystal Palace are going to win at Millwall. So take Crystal Palace. They're big favourites. They will win. Uh, take Southampton to win at Swansea, because you know I love me some Southampton at the moment. Take Arsenal to win at Nottingham Forest and throw Villa at Man United in there as well. That will bring you some very, very nice odds.
0: That's a huge odds, especially for... And the my aca last ad- week
1: came in at 10 to 1. So, hey, I'm um, on a roll. I was
0: going to tell you that uh, some people were actually thanking you for the ACA. You were right in most of your tips uh, last week. So let's keep it up for the FA Cup. Tom, thank you. We won't see each other in one week. That's a long time for
1: it's our relationship. It's here. too long. Call me tomorrow just to make sure okay. you're okay.
0: Yeah, let's have a coffee or something together. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Thanks everyone for watching, for commenting the video. Still, you can leave your comments and your tips and your predictions and anything that you want in the comment section. And of course, don't forget to press the like and subscribe to our channel. Thank you, guys. See you soon.